Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 128. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary back with another episode. So excited to be here. We are talking first week of camp. We'll get into your voicemails. But before all that, you guys know the drill. Before we get started today, I have to talk about the sponsors over at Manscaped. Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort Manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs in the game. They're sleek, soft, comfortable, flexible. They're the brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped. Take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for, you know, the trimming needs, and now they have the Boxers 2.0 for the chilling needs. And believe me when I tell you that I look forward to when they come up in the rotation every single time. I just did laundry before recording this episode, and the Manscaped Boxers were in there, and I said it's going to be a good week because they're going to reach the top. So uh, get them while you can. Jets20 is the promo code for 20% off and free shipping, jets two zero. From manscaped.com, you can pick yourself up something nice. So this week is going to be, the, the now this show is going to be completely normal, the regular, but this week's going to be a little bit different. Allow me to explain, peek behind the curtain. So I would love to be going to the green and white scrimmage next week, but unfortunately, I will not be here. I will be in Chicago. Um, I'm going for uh, the Windy City Festival or Windy City uh, Smokeout. Um it's a mix of barbecue and music at a festival all in one place. I can't wait. I'm going Thursday and Sunday, uh, catching a game at Wrigley Field. But I will be traveling from and away from Wednesday to Monday. So I have some things in the hopper for you, but I won't be doing like live reactions from camp. Instead, it's going to be. Uh, my predictions for the 2022 season. So it's going to be a week of predictions. We have hot takes at the end of the week. So uh, hopefully you bear with me. Uh, just needed to get one one last trip in before the uh, mad rush of the NFL season. So I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, don't worry. Content is still going to be here. So you don't have anything to worry about. Let's talk about training camp and two guys that have stuck out or stood out. Uh, in a positive way. And I want to be a little bit positive here. We we talked about Makai Becton coming back and being healthy, which is a plus, a positive. We love that from week one. Uh, we also talked about Zach Wilson earlier in the week where it was a little bit up and down, and that's okay, but it was mostly good, which obviously that's that's fine. You're you're good with that. If, if Zach Wilson looks the part, then you are in pretty good shape. Um, but there's two guys, and they are both rookies and both on the offensive side of the, side of the ball. Spoiler alert that I am really excited to see. Uh, and that is Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. And I think both guys through the first week of practice, again, I know you don't want to overreact, but they looked the part, which is kind of expected because both those guys are supposed to play a really big role for this Jets team. Brees Hall is going to be the starting running back. Garrett Wilson is going to be one of the top three receivers. In today's NFL, you need three receivers. You run a lot of three receiver sets. Wilson's going to be heavily involved. But with Brees Hall, you already had the fans there who who came on Saturday, I guess it was, chanting his name, and it's easy to see why. Uh, he just looks different with the ball in his hand, man. He's 6'1", 220, and he doesn't run like it. Uh, we And we've already seen his flashes as a pass catcher. We know Michael Carter out of the backfield is fine as a pass catcher. 
He's also explosive, and I think he's going to be a versatile piece. But that one-two punch of Brees Hall and Michael Carter is something that I can't wait to see once the pads come on, especially because then you're going to really see the offensive line to start opening up some holes. The Through the first week, if you want to go negative, the offensive line hasn't looked great, but there's no pads. And more often than not, when there's no pads, the defense looks a lot better because it's just it's easy, it's easier for them, which is fine. Again, we're only a weekend, but with Brees Hall, it's like... And a lot of these guys, who especially the ones who are expected to make that jump and be... Competit- not competitors, but well, yeah, competitors, but be day one impact guys. Brees Hall is one of those people, and uh, he very much so looks the part. He looks different. Sauce out there looks different. Now, he's competing in his cornerback uh, spot, but I say competing, but it, it, I think he's going to get the, the job. Something would catastrophically have to go wrong in the preseason and training camp for him not to get a starting outside corner job. But the other one is Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson, who maybe like through the first practice was a little bit quiet. I think Denzel Mims had the big practice, the first one. Then we saw a little from Corey Davis, but especially on Saturday, man, Garrett Wilson was putting on a show. And I've stressed this a lot in the offseason leading up into the draft and after the draft. Why I like Garrett Wilson is his ability to make acrobatic and athletic plays. And that's not to say guys like Elijah Moore aren't athletic. They are. He's a very, very good route runner, and he is dynamic with the ball in his hands. Uh, probably a little bit more dynamic than Garrett Wilson with the ball in his hands. Wilson's fine with the ball in his hands. Uh, above average, he has really, really good speed. But what makes him stand out to me is the mix of the route running and his ability and body control to just go up and make plays. These really athletic plays. And that's going to help out Zach Wilson because last year, how many times did the Jets not come down with a contested catch? It felt like every single week. And week one, it was the bomb to Elijah Moore. Corey Davis, before he got hurt, couldn't come up with a big play to save his life. Uh, you had drops in the end zone from guys like Ryan Griffin, and that's going to go away with the new tight ends in here. But with Garrett Wilson specifically, he provides this Jets offense with really something that they don't have in that athletic playmaking ability. And I can't wait to see more of Wilson to Wilson. And in the preseason, you're probably not going to see a ton of it. I would imagine that the starters are going to play probably the most in the second game, maybe a series in in the first game, and then probably not play at all in the third game. We'll see. We're kind of last year was the first year of the three preseason games versus the four, so they might handle things a little bit different this go around. But I just I can't wait to see, especially the pads go on. Like that's when we really start to see some real time football. But the fans were there on Saturday, which was awesome. I was so jealous of everyone who was there. I wished I could have been there. I unfortunately was working, so I couldn't make it out. But it's just the, all the videos coming out of training camp, the po- positive vibes are really good right now. And that's really all you could ask for. And for the most part, most people are healthy. George Fant's coming back when the, once the pads come on. Bonus. Jeremy Ruckert's making his way back. His role isn't going to really be all that big right now anyway. Tevin Coleman's still a little bit banged up, which he's a veteran. He doesn't really need a ton of time in training camp. But you just got to really, for right now, just cross your fingers and pray that this team doesn't get hurt because their season was derailed early in the preseason when they lost Carl Lawson for the season. And then in week one with Makai Becton. But Becton's back and looking good. But more specifically, the rookies showing out in camp and looking the part is a major, major plus for this New York Jets team because they are a young team. I don't have to, you don't have to hear that from me. You know it. If you watch this team and you watch the draft, they obviously had a ton of picks the last few years. This is a really, really, really young football team, 
but they are relying on these guys who don't have a ton of experience to come in and play right away. And Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson specifically on the offensive side of the ball in big roles are going to be asked to do a lot, and I think that they can live up to the potential. Hall was the first running back off the board. Garrett Wilson, to me, was probably a wide receiver one, even though Drake London went first. I, I preferred Garrett Wilson. I think I even like Traylon Burks over Drake London, but that's a whole another conversation for another day. Point being, these guys are very important pieces, and they look good, which is fine. And also, too, by the way, some people I've seen, like, the offense should be winning all the time, like the offense, offense, offense. Well, as I said earlier in this episode, without pads, it's a, it's a lot easier for defenses. But on top of that, you don't want one side of the football to dominate every week or every practice. You want it to be a legitimate battle because if you remember in 2020, the defense looked like they were going to be phenomenal uh, and the offense really, really struggled. And then they went out and won two games and Sam Darnold looked atrocious all year long. Um, so not great, obviously. But without further ado, we're going to get into those voicemails. We got a lot to get into. I'm excited to talk about it. First up, we're going to Sawyer in Louisiana. He wants to talk about uh, potentially surprise upsets. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. This is uh, Sawyer from Louisiana. And I just have a question about seemingly over the past couple of years, the Jets have won one or two games that they probably shouldn't have won. I guess 2020 would have been the Rams and Browns game. And then I guess this year, the Titans-Bengals, which I'm still not sure how we pulled those ones out. But besides the Ravens game, what other couple of trap games, I guess, could we also potentially win? Because I'm looking at the roster, I think we have a lot of – I mean, I'm looking at the roster, maybe we can beat the Bills, probably not. But the Packers, I think we can beat. Pittsburgh, I don't know if that's a trap game or anything, but I like that one a lot. Yep. And yeah, good Jets. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question, and you're right, like – it's one of the hard things about doing these preseason prediction predictions and guessing the the record is there are always, always, always every single week in the NFL. There's a team that wins. That's not supposed to win. And a team that loses. That's not supposed to lose. Obviously I'll, I'll give you a couple. I agree with you on the Ravens. Uh, that's going to be a really tough matchup for the jets. But I think if you want to get this Ravens team at any point in the year, the earlier, the better, because Lamar missed a lot of time last year. I don't expect him to see a lot of time in the preseason, so the rust might still be there. Um, obviously, the Ravens are going to be heavy favorites, and probably more likely than not, the Ravens will win the game. But if you're just looking for spots where I think, okay, you know, that's a, that's a nice spot for an upset, I would think the Ravens in week one. I agree with you with Green Bay, which that sounds crazy because obviously they have Aaron Rodgers, who's a top five quarterback still in this league. Uh, he's, you know, back-to-back MVPs, all that stuff. But... Uh, but the Jets always, even when they're bad, they always play Green Bay tough. You go back to 2018, which is the last time these two teams played, Donald's rookie year. I was at that game at MetLife Stadium in late in December. I think it was the day after Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. It was between Christmas and New Year, so late in the year. And it was a shootout. It was probably Sam Donald's best game as a Jet. He was phenomenal. He went punch for punch. With, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, and it was a shootout, and they almost won. In 2014, in Green Bay, in Lambeau, on the road, Geno Smith and the Jets got out to a 21-0 lead before they ended up blowing it. It was at least, I think it was, it was at least 14-0. I think it was 21-0. Uh, then in 2010, the Jets lost 10-zip. The Jets 
team was good then, though, so that was a hard-fought game. They crushed them in 2006. Uh, and then in 2002, I want to say they beat them up in 2002. Let's see. Uh, I'll go back and look at this. Uh, but I this is going to bother me. So I know this is bad podcasting, but it's going to really bother me if I don't look and see how uh, the – yeah, they did. They won. Uh, duh. How did I forget? The last week of the season to get into the playoffs to win the division. That's right. I knew they beat them up. 42-17 against – uh, it was obviously Chad Pennington putting on a clip. 2002 Chad Pennington was just prime Chad, man. He was so good. Um, so, yeah, the Jets played. The, they beat him in 2 06, lost 10-zip in 2010, lost in 2014, but was up big in Lambeau, and then lost a shootout in 2018. So they're going to play them a lot tougher. And on top of that, too, by the way, in week five, so they get – the, the Jets play Green Bay in week six. In week five, they are in London playing the Giants. So you're saying that uh, on the week after a London trip, they don't have a bye. A lot of teams usually take the bye week after the London trip. They didn't. Instead, they will be at home against the New York Jets. So maybe that's a game that they overlook. I agree there. Pittsburgh's, I think, a winnable game. Uh, what's some other trap games here? Um... Yeah, I like I don't there's some ones that are really rough. For instance, like at Denver is going to I think that's an impossible task to go on the road in Denver is very, very tough. Maybe week three in, against Cincinnati because the Jets beat him last year. Uh, obviously, since he's going to be motivated, but it's a home game for the Jets. Not a lot of people are going to pick them. Uh, they, they'll be coming off a game in Cleveland, which more than likely should be a winnable game because I don't expect to see Deshaun Watson that week. So who knows? Maybe they, I, I would say early in the season, there's some ones like the Ravens. I'll give you the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns and Steelers. I wouldn't necessarily count as an upset because I think they're kind of like on even playing fields with the quarterback situations that they're going to be going against more than likely that week. Um, and then I'll give you, and then I'll say Green Bay. Those are some ones that make sense to me. So good question there, though. I'm, I'm curious to see your guys' take. Let me know in the comment section below. Next up, who do we got? We have Josh calling in from Idaho. Okay, he wants to give me his story. Let's do it, man. Hey, Matt, this is Josh from Idaho. And a couple months ago, you were asking, like, oh, I'm kind of curious to see how people became Jets fans from different states. And uh, obviously, I'm from Idaho, but I'm actually a Patriots fan. I know, like, really? it's okay. funny because so I'm a Patriots fan, but down here, Everyone's like different fan bases. Like three of my friends are like Falcons fans, Eagles fans, Seahawks fans, 49ers fans. So it's pretty cool uh, to know. But I'm low key kind of becoming a Jets fan. That's hard to say for me because I do love my Patriots. But it is so entertaining to see what the Jets have been doing. And like I'm a huge BYU fan, so that's why I kind of okay that makes sense. The Jets because of Zach Wilson, and uh, it's like crazy to like. Because once I was, like, on YouTube and stuff, like, I, like random Jets YouTubers started coming up a year ago. And I'm like, let me check these guys out. And, like, you, like, Jake, Ryan, Green Bean are all popping up on my feed. I I'm love like, it. let me check these guys out. And it's, you guys are converting me a little bit, which kind of sucks. Because, like, <laughs> when love the it. Patriots and Jets play each other, I want my Patriots to win, but I just want Zach Wilson to do good. And the more and more I watch your guys' videos, like the more and more I become like a Jets fan. 
And, like, I still love my Patriots, so it's, like, super hard to, like, root for the two. And I know, like, on your guys' end, since you guys are from New York, you guys are true to your team because you're in New York. But down here, like, we have our teams, but we root for a lot of teams. And, uh, and like, being a BYU fan, like, no matter what team they go to in the NFL, the players, like, we all just – we love oh. any team. A BYU fan, a BYU player. Is That's awesome. cool. Like, I went to high school with uh, – Taysom Hill, actually. So, like, hmm. I follow the Saints pretty oh, no heavily. Uh, like, even when Zach got drafted, obviously, uh, one of his offensive linemen, Tristan Hodge, yep. he joined the team. He didn't get drafted off. He just joined. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to my high school as well down in oh, no Idaho. So, it was kind of cool just to follow him for a little bit when he was on the Jets for the short time last year. Uh, but, yeah, so that's kind of how I've become a Jets fan. I mean, that's cool. it's hard to say, but uh, – Kind of cool at the same time, but anyways, I love your videos and everything, so uh, have a good one. Thank you, Josh. That's a really cool story. I like that. And, you know, sports fandom is so interesting. Uh, and around the, I, f- I do agree with what you said, though. Around the country, it's, it's very different depending on where you go. And I think, and just, I, I don't know you obviously personally, but from the call, I feel like you have a pretty good understanding of uh, how passionate New York sports fans are and an appreciation of it too. Like uh, obviously uh, you as a Patriot fan, you're explaining like you want the Pats to win, but at the same time, you know, you really like Zach, you're obviously BYU fan. So you're rooting for him to do well. My hope is I'm not, I don't want to, you know, if I convert you great, if not, the only thing is I just want other fans of other teams to just see the passion that we have and how, into it we are even though this team has beaten us up year after year after year we keep coming back we keep remaining optimistic as fans and this time does feel really different maybe I'm the naive one you know maybe I'm just getting my hopes up to get let down but I didn't really feel that way when Adam Gase was hired I didn't I thought this is awful this is going to derail the franchise and it did Um, Todd Bowles the first year was fun but I mean, you could just tell that he wasn't he wasn't a good game manager. Rex was fun, obviously, but that once he got his hands on that roster, things really, really went downhill. Um, from I mean, when Parcells came in '97, from '97 to 2011, the Jets had a pretty good run. I mean, they didn't win a Super Bowl, but three title games over that span. Not many teams did that. Um, I know that's a, a small victory, but Jets fans have been struggling for a long time. So I think it's cool that you have an appreciation for Jeff fans, at least. And I don't think that's, you know, obviously you keep coming back and watching, which I genuinely, genuinely appreciate. But yeah, Josh, that's really cool. And uh, hopefully your guy, Zach, and our guy, Zach, takes that step forward because I saw a lot of talent at BYU. I, you know what? I think it was, I want to say late October, early November, I think it was around that time. The, the jet season was done in 2020. Like it was, it was over. It, uh, Darnold looked awful. You knew you had to move on because they were going to, it looked like they were going to have the number one pick. And I think I remember I tweeted something to the effect of the jets aren't going to be in a position to draft Zach Wilson. Cause at this point in the mocks, he was going like in the middle of the first round, but he's really fun. I really like watching him. And then he continued to rise and rise and rise. And then he got right up there in the conversation with Justin Fields. And then obviously we know what happened. The Jaguars get the number one pick. And 
for the, all the right reasons they tra- take Trevor Lawrence. That by, by far he was he was quarterback one. Uh, anyone who didn't have him as quarterback one was just trying to be different. Let's be honest here. But there was a legitimate conversation for Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, and the Jets ended up going with Wilson, who I preferred slightly. It was a it was a two A two B kind of situation with those two guys. Um, but I just I fell in love with Zach's game. I just thought he was so much fun to watch at BYU, and I really hope he reaches that ceiling because it could be an absolute blast here with the New York Jets. Uh, so let's do. Thank you, Josh, once again. Let's do Gary. He's calling in from Canada. We got a Canadian Jeff fan. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Gary from Canada. I just wanted to share a little bit about how I became a Jets fan. I listened to you over the summer. I thought that segment was pretty cool. Well, I'm from Canada. I'm from British Columbia over here. And I started playing football probably around the age of 8, 9, 10. And when I started playing football... I started watching football, but I didn't really have a favorite team until about until about fall of my of my junior year or sorry my freshman year in high school here, and uh, the team colors of my high school just happened to be Jets green. Perfect. And uh, we went by the Islanders at that point, which I thought was kind of cool uh, as the Jets are, LGI, baby. are on the island in New York, but. Anyways, regardless, that's a pretty random way of how I became a Jets fan. Just mm. pure luck, honestly, or bad luck, however you want to look at it. But <laughs> I've been a Jets fan ever since then, around 2008, 2009, back when we made those runs, the back-to-back AFC championships. And, uh, yeah, no, well, now I'm a Jets fan here for the longest time. Good. Uh, just thought I'd call in, let you know that I love the show, and uh, go Jets. I hope we do great this year. Take but- it easy. Thank you, Gary, for checking in. That's a cool one, too, man. It's uh, Sometimes it's the little things like that. Like you said, your school colors just so happen to be jet green. Uh, and you got in right at the right time. Obviously, 2008, the Jets didn't make the playoffs, the Favre year. But that was fun season. They started out, I think, what, 8-3 and three, and unfortunately went 1-4 and four down the stretch with losses in Seattle and San Francisco and Denver and Miami, which were some really, really bad teams. How is it that I remember the teams that the Jets lost to down the stretch in 2008? But, like, I can't remember anything now. Like, people, I meet people and they tell me their name, and, like, I'm I'm so, so bad with that. And, like, for me, like, that's genuinely something that I want to work on is I want to be better at, like, remembering names or, like, my my parents or my girlfriend will tell me something and like I have like no and then they'll remind me of it weeks later and be like, yeah, I told you that a couple weeks ago and I have zero recollection. But I could tell you down the stretch after starting eight and three in 2008 and I was what, 13 years old at the time. So that's 14 years ago now um, <laughs> uh, that the Jets lost games to Denver Miami, not in order, obviously, uh, but it was uh, Seattle on the road, Denver at home, San Francisco on the road, Miami at home. I think they beat Buffalo over that stretch was the one game that they won, but I can remember stupid stuff like that, but I can't remember anything right now. Uh, it's just, it's really strange how the brain works, but that's a cool one, man. Uh, obviously, it's, I'm always curious, like I have someone I worked with uh, for a very long time lives in uh, Ottawa and he doesn't really follow football. 
Um, I know they have their Canadian Football League up there, but I was always curious, like, how people from out of the country pick their teams. And, you know, sometimes something as simple as school colors can be the difference, but appreciate it. We're going to go Richard calling in from Nevada, and he says there's something that Pats fans and Jet fans can agree on. Okay, I'm intrigued. Hey, Matt, it's uh, Richard from Nevada once again. What up, dude? Love your show, Matt. Um, so I I guess this is just kind of a, a, a funny little story I kind of wanted to tell. Um, I live in this town. It's, it's a small town. And so when you see another team, uh, another team's fan, you kind of end up talking with them and talking football and everything. Well, one of them happened to be uh, coming into my store to be a Patriots fan. Okay. So we're, we're talking crap. We're, we're <laughs> you know, joking and laughing around and whatever. Right. Um, the weirdest thing has happened. And I've been noticing this with uh, watching Patriots YouTubers every now and then, like a video or two will come up. And uh, what ends up happening is Patriots fans this year are like, Praising and talking good about the Jets. It's so freaking weird to me. Um, and this guy, uh, uh, this guy and I are taking hands, agreeing one thing. Fins battles. <laughs> <laughs> when a Patriots fan and a Jets fan can agree on something, that is go. when you know hell is frozen over. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I think the agreement here is just that. The Finns gotta lose, and if that means the Patriots, uh, if that means that the Patriots and the Jets are in the middle of the division, sign me up. As long as the Finns are at the bottom. Anyway, hey, thanks, man. That was interesting. That's funny, and I I agree, man. I guess it fluctuates depending on like who's good. But like for pretty much my entire life, right, getting into football in the early 2000s, the, the Patriots were always the biggest rivals. And I still feel when the Jets play the Patriots, even without Tom Brady, it still feels personal with Belichick, obviously. But the Jets and Dolphins rivalry is really coming back alive. And I know people people older than me, you know, fans from like the 80s and who were around in the 90s know that the Dolphins were, you know, these really big rivals. Marino's always had the Jets number, all that stuff. Um but, you know, they really, through most of my Jets fandom, haven't haven't been any good. They made the playoffs, what, in 2008? They won the division. They got bounced. In 2016, their wildcard team got bounced right away. They were never really a, a threat. And sure, there was, like, obviously the 2008 game where they ended the season 2011. Like, there were some moments, but it was always the Patriots. And I still kind of feel that way about the Bills. Like, for a long time before... Obviously, drafting Josh Allen, the Bills were bad for a very, very long time. But I, my hatred for the Bills is probably the least in the division. Now, that may, may change the more that Josh Allen goes on and tortures us and the Bills continue to be good. But I have a lot of respect for that fan base. They are such a passionate group of fans uh, and were waiting for so, so long before they had any kind of playoff success. Uh, so I feel like they get it. They empathize with us. So. Um, I'm not I'm not saying I'm rooting for Buffalo, but I like I said that their their fans have been through it. So I respect that the the Patriots fans have been a little spoiled. 
Uh, one of my best friends is a Patriots fan. He actually helps me out. He does a lot of behind the scenes stuff for my uh, for my YouTube channel and on social. So shout out Tyler. Uh, someone I work with uh, also at Odds Checker is a big Patriots fan. Uh, but he was talking and he's he really likes a lot of what the Jets did this offseason. And he's like, hey, like if this if things click offensively, like there's a chance Zach Wilson could be pretty good. And I think a lot of people are realizing that. So you're not alone there. That was interesting. Let's go. James in New Jersey. We're going to do a little practice. We're talking about Allen Iverson practice. Let's do it. Maddie, yo, what's going on? This is James from New Jersey. I am back, man. How you been? Good, you sir. Good summer. I've been MIA because it's been a busy summer for me, but I'm back because I have some things to address, man. So, we are in training camp. There are a lot of juice with the fan base and with the Jets, and it looks like it's going to be inside 2022, wherever we should perform. But here's a gripe. When do we get to a point, and help me out, when do we get to a point where staff of practices matter <laughs> where we have the reporters and everyone else talking about oh Zach Wilson is 50 for 50 on his on his left leg I get it we're talking about practice man practice and as much as I don't want to look into it and get a little bit concerned and maybe bump base for him no offense I'm okay with that because here's why that lets you know that the defense is not letting up and that the defense is trying to be competitive and that it's going to make Zach Wilson better. So the more that the Jets' defense can show Zach Wilson and not let up, that's going to show them both that it will carry over to when it gets to preseason actual NFL games. Because practices will not indicate to me what, this, what, what Zach Wilson looks like in a real game. Like, do you think Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, I don't know who else out there, freaking Justin Herbert gets judged on what their complete what their completions are for practice. Well, maybe that media does, but but do you, you know they didn't really bother how if, if if those quarterbacks have up and down practices, right? It's practice. And also it's like the New York media market is, is missing in a whole bunch of crap. Like Justin Fields uh, has you know has has a bad season last year because of the whole organization and then you know he's looking to become better than than you know Jackson. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The whole media thing is P.O.'s me so much to an extent. <laughs> but anyway, we're talking about practice here, man. That's all I'm talking about. And it's still the first week of practice. Austin still has to stack wins. Houston's still going to get better. And I think we're going to be fine. That's just my question. But anyway, let me know what you think. Calm me down. Let me know if there's another spin to it. I'm always looking forward to your being out of the because obviously you're the expert here. And I'm just here just to get my voice on your channel. But anyway, oh, go Jets. Go 2022. I'll see Thank you, James, for checking in. I was th- I was thinking about you recently, actually. I should have sent you a message, but I, I wasn't thinking at the time, but I did think of you. Uh, so a few weeks ago now, I went to the weekend at uh, MetLife, and I know I met you at MetLife. I think it was for the Green and White scrimmage last year. It might have been for the Green and White. Uh, and I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if my man James is working today. Um, so I was thinking about you recently, James, but I appreciate you calling in. You're right, though. Like Tom Brady, Mahomes, none of those guys, they, they don't care about. No one's tweeting out their stat lines, but it's because Zach's the unknown. That's really the real reason here. And also another thing to to put your mind at ease. Don't look too much into the stat lines. One, right now there's no pads. And then number two, like practice is the time to try things. Be like, OK, I'm going to try to be aggressive here. 
If I throw a pick, then maybe I know, okay, in this situation, I can't take that risk. I got to throw the ball away. So you learn. You learn from your mistakes. That's it. That's all you could ask for, that you don't repeat the same mistakes. And to Zach's credit, when he came back last year, the mistakes began to go away. He didn't turn the football over. Now, in this year, he has to build on that and start getting the ball down the field and getting the yardage to go numbers to go up and the passing touchdowns to go up. But overall, I think you have to be excited going into this year. And you're right. Please don't look too much into box score stats, please, from the from practice. We can look a little bit at, at preseason games, but I think we'll have a better idea once the pads come on next week and once the game situations start to come a little bit. So, James, I'm with you. Don't overreact to practices. Will from Dallas is going to close us out. He wants to get into training camp so far. All right, Will, take us away. Hey, Matt, Will from Dallas. Uh, I'm not even sure I'm calling early enough to get this onto this show, but I was just watching your video about uh, ups and downs of Zach Wilson in camp so far. And, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%, but I just wanted to add a few points. Sure, go um, ahead. At least in my experience. So I played football since I was five, obviously born in Texas. So football is big down here. Um, I've been playing football since I was five. I've been a quarterback since I was about eight. And I played all the way through high school. I was um, first team all district. Um, I was all state one year. Um, and I wasn't anything crazy. It was a small school. So, you know, I'm talking D2, D3 college offers. But um, at Good least for in you, my man. experience, when I would start training camp, which, yes, in Texas high school football, we do have our own training camp, we probably start about ooh, middle to end of July, 108 degrees out there. But I, can't when even I would imagine. go out there, oh there was no pressure on me to do anything whatsoever. And I was kind of feeling it out with the new receivers that would come in, the you know, new starters, people graduated and left, new players come in. And I was a three-year starter there, so it, it happened multiple times. Training camp was a way for me to really play around with some things and, and test to see what throws I could make, what throws I couldn't make, what, what plays receivers can make. So, you know, red zone interceptions or interceptions in general in training camp, they really don't mean a lot. It doesn't mean that Zach's making bad decisions. It's just he's, he's trying to see what he can get away with still. That's what I just said. Um, yes. He's just saying, what window can I fit this into? Can Thank you. Or Thank whoever, you. Maybe get to this ball if I put it here. Um, what DB can make, what play. It, it's just a lot of feeling out that's still going on. So I agree with you, but I just also wanted to give my two cents, my perspective, and at Thank least you. What, what was going on with me when I played. So, uh, yeah, uh, appreciate everything you do. Uh, love the show, and as always, go Jets. Well, that just made my day because you drove home the point that I was trying to make is they're going to try some things in practice. It's okay. That's the time to see, hey, what can I get away with? And I don't envy you at all, man. The 108 degrees in Texas. Oh, how do you, with pads? How? Now, Will, I don't know. And anyone who's not from New York or this area, I don't know if you've ever been to New York in the summer, but it, it's it's hot and humid and gross. So like I've I played baseball growing up. I play like two years of football. It didn't I wasn't very good. Uh, but I played baseball growing up and there were some summers where it was it was in the 90s and very, very, very humid uh, and it was just sticky and gross and disgusting. And that is awful. Now, I know Texas is a little bit more of a dry heat, but still 108, 108, man. I don't know. I, oh, 
I would need a ton of sunblock. I'll tell you that much. I was in Texas uh, last year, obviously in, in October. I talked about it. Uh, met Jay Gasman down in Houston. Uh, went not went to, uh, but watched the Jets and Titans at a bar in Houston. That was sick. Uh, it was a Jet fan bar. The Houston Jet fans were awesome. That was such an awesome experience, honestly. And um, I lo- I loved it. But before that, I was there. My cousin, who I think now lives in Dallas, but at, at the time she was in San Antonio. And we went to a wedding in early August, around this time of year. And it was like 104 every day. And I was like, I I would need all the sunblock in the world and all the water in the world and air conditioning. But I can't possibly imagine be, like cooking out on the field, doing training camp for high school football. Oh, my God. Uh, but that that's the perfect way to end it is let's try not to uh, crucify Zach one way or the other through training camp practices and practices without pads, too. So I'm excited for this year. I hope you are, too. Thank you so much for sticking with me on this episode, episode 128 of Just Jets. Next week, ep- next week's episode, excuse me, is going to come out a little bit later. I'll be traveling back from Chicago on Monday, so it'll more than likely be a Tuesday drop. And then when the season starts, we will drop episodes on Wednesday, a midweek show uh, to recap the previous week's game and to preview the game coming up. So thank you so much for tuning in. I am Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time.